Oh, it's out right now. People yeah. Are it right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I think uh, it launches tomorrow, but it's like press access now. I played it last night. Oh, now now you press? Uh, <laughs> I have friends in the press. Actually. <laughs> you see that, that shitty being grin and cracking hat on his face? I love it. <laughs> it sucks because um, I'm doing a thing. Uh, have we started yet or are we just kind of... Oh, yeah, here, I'll, I'll record. Bang, we're starting. Go ahead. What's up? I don't want to open with this. This is a, this, it was meant to Why? be a natural conversation oh, yeah. starter. I, I want to okay. hear what it is. I was going to say, uh, for some that are watching the video feed, you'll notice that um, I'm looking considerably more haggard. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done that at all. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Bruce. Um, I'm doing a, you know, there's the No Shave November. I'm doing No Shave Apocalypse, man. I'm like... I, I want to I want to grow out and not do any sort of grooming whatsoever until social distancing is off. That's and disgusting. Then, and then I'll look great again. Yeah, that's, that's it gross. is. But at least in that time, I'm going to feel like I'm living through the apocalypse. We see all these protagonist characters in the little video games running around and, and you know Fallout or wherever, and they all look like cavemen, and we're all like, oh wow, what a powerful figure, the protagonist. You know, I want that to be me, guys. I want to be sitting at my desktop playing my comfortable Animal Crossing game. Uh, and I want to look like absolute trash. And I want to feel powerful. So that's that's my uh, that's what I'm doing this month. This, How about you this, guys? This sounds to me like you want to be lazy. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like that to me as there well. We because yes. I've seen a lot of people outside jogging and walking their dogs yep. and keeping their distance. Trying to keep it right. Trying to keep it good. You could just it's wear a hat. Jogging. You can, you can still shave. Uh, there's no shortage on uh, shaving gel. Um, I got some. I got some if you're having a rough time. I'll just squirt it in my palm and carry it over to you. I'm sure the police will agree that that's a necessary vital task. <laughs> I uh, I brought it up because Brucey said that you could see my shit-eating grin. I usually can hide that pretty well, but with a like this mustache grown out, it's like you oh, can like yeah. see like my, the entire face contorts to show when I'm when I've got a shit-eating grin, which I often do have. It's often <laughs> shit-eating. I have a. Uh, I've noticed that there is a there is a possible counterpoint, and let me say that I I believe in this. Uh, this idea because I considered it as well. Um, a couple of days ago, I got up to shave and I'm like, why am I even bothering? You know, well, who, who cares? It's time to, it's time to start looking like it's in the future and the world's falling apart. However, um, it is worth considering that whenever there is somebody who is haggard and adorably disheveled in the future, they are either set dressed that way or designed to look that way by artists to, to be kind of adorably well, rugged. Let me counter that. Lawrence, I oh, consider counter, myself counter. an artist. Okay. I am an artist too, and therefore hmm. my choice to let myself go haggard and uh, you know, vague hobo influencer look, I think is is a uh, defendable one because I have um, artistic integrity. Let me counter this. I'm gonna counter all of that by saying, What happens if none of us are artists? You ever think about that? Then everything goes, and there is no laws in the universe, and you know <laughs> there is no authority because art is uh, the authority. By the way, speaking of artists, uh, welcome to the Talk to the Internet podcast. This this podcast is brought to you by three artists, Nord, Nord VPN. Well, yes, the three of us, three artists, hmm. and also Nord VPN, yeah, who is sponsoring uh, this podcast slash artist talk. 
<laughs> can we just say can we change it to artist talks to the internet? Because I think sure. I think we yeah. can rebrand it, yeah. Yeah. That feels artists more talk in line for me. <laughs> Can't wait. You know, one, th one thing I've never heard Kraken refer to himself as, it's an artist. What? But, but you're not around me enough then. I, I have <laughs> it, make, it makes a lot of sense now, huh? Well, now that you think about it. You now think that all... I think about it, Kraken, yeah. yeah, he's truly, truly an artist. Uh, Try to find uh, a more of an artist than me, and, I, and you know, you're going to have a hard time. Uh, if Van, you... Van Gogh. He's, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Bruce, come on. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's give Kraken a shot here. A, and oh, also, yeah, he didn't make videos on the internet, so all already i'm leagues ahead of him that's true absolutely true <laughs> i've got the full potential of my mm. life to make art and that i consider art as well the potential to make art applies to your art credit so okay so we are we are all judged by the the art and creations we have the potential to make and not actually ever do well, kind of in the way that we should be judged on our potential to be attractive and not by our actual grooming ha habits or the hair that may be on our faces. Is that what you're Thank saying? Thank you, Lawrence. Okay. I really couldn't put it better myself. My, the, <laughs> the disheveled man you see in front of you is the potential for so many different faces because I'm hiding behind all of this hagger. I'm going to counter all this. I'm going to counter the counter the counter the counter and say you should be judged on the things you do, not your potential. How about that, guys? That's wow. a lot of effort. Dude, what a, what a safe stance to take, Bruce. Yeah, I'm, I'm out here, the artist, going on a limb, trying to change the way we we see, you know, creative production uh -huh. across across the board, creative integrity, everything. Uh -huh. Here you are going back to basics. You know, we are what we do. Blah blah blah. You know, come on, let's 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 try to have a conversation here. If there's, if there's one person I want to be, it's Batman. It's not. Uh, well, hold on, Bruce. It's do not you, who we are. It's what we do. But do you think you have the potential to be Batman? I mean, I have the potential to be Batman, but that doesn't mean I am Batman. Well, you know what, Bruce? I think that means you are Batman. I what? Think we're really? all Batman. We're I think that's what that Batman. means. Well, um, and we're I all would, Joker. And we're what? all now. Hold the, on. The the moon and what? we're the we're sun. The yeah, we can be anything. So, uh, okay, so now you're hitting a bit of a logical uh, contradiction there. So, if we all have the potential to be anything, and by the transitive property, that means that we are all everything all the time. Yes. Then do we have identity or, or individuality anymore? Or have we all merged into some kind of giant potential orb of internet energy? We are all one thing, is what Lawrence is saying. Am yes. I Half-Life 3? We are. Yeah, are, are we individuals? We're We're the, we we are the shared soul, and we are we are living multiple trajectories at the same time. Did you guys eat edibles too? What's going on? <laughs> uh, sounds like Kraken's just—he's been in his head for the last two weeks in self-isolation. Talk to anybody. He's still he's making up his own language. <laughs> he's got—he's got hair all over his face. He's never had <laughs> he hasn't washed his hands in days. Hey, he's, I do wash outside. my. Well, you haven't gone outside. So I have. I do go outside. I got this coffee from outside, and then I came back and I washed my hands. <laughs> and he's just been. He's not been exposed to other people because no one's held him accountable for his crazy opinions. <laughs> <laughs> this is the internet. I am in my prime. No one can check me in real life. I can. I can go on my forum and I type out my one soul theory, and everyone says upvote. Haven't heard that one before. And then I feel powerful, and I do it again. 
I mean, I, I'm trying to think because there have been a variety of amusing crackpot theories around the internet that kind of break out, like Time Cube. Uh, do you guys remember that? Bit of a classic. Ooh, oh, you guys don't remember yeah. Time Cube? No, I, I don't know. What I don't remember the details of it, but yeah. Oh, boy, I don't Explain. quite either. Um, let me. I think it might. Is, yeah, my website's still got to be up. Time Cube. Uh, Time Cube was a personal webpage. This is from Wikipedia. Founded in 1997 by the self-proclaimed wisest man on earth, who turns out is not Kraken, at least. Well, uh, yeah, it actually that, is because you had the potential of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, Otis Eugene Jean Ray, a self-published outlet for race theory of everything called Time Cube, which polemically claims that all modern science is participating in a worldwide conspiracy to teach lies by omitting his theories, alleged truth that each day actually consists of four days occurring simultaneously. Alongside, oh, I this now. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, alongside these statements, Ray described himself as a godlike being with superior intelligence who has absolute evidence and proof for his views. Ray asserted repeatedly and, var and variously that academia had not taken Time Cube seriously, which he's actually 100% correct about. Time Cube is... Anyway, yeah, each day has like four rotating rotational days that are all happening at the same time. The, the best part, though, is there are videos, multiple videos, of him going to universities to lecture... And then the students ripping him apart, but he doesn't like flinch. Like yeah. every every answer he gives is like another like loop logic, of logical fallacy. logic fallacy and loop yeah, that he just yeah. says. And they're like, no. And then he just says like, well, that's because you're not thinking of the timekeeper or something like that. Like <laughs> just has like a a gotcha that only applies to his theory. Circular logic rules. Anyway, Craig, and I believe strongly that you can be the next. Uh, what, I think, what was his I think name? It takes. Uh, Ray, Whatever. yeah, Otis There's, Eugene Jean Ray. I I think there is definitely a, well, okay, this is a little more like serious of a topic, but I the, the <laughs> skills out. necessary to like stream and like be an online personality, I think, lend themselves really well to someone like that, where you're like really good at getting people going and believing a thing that you. That's like, called a, that's called a cult leader. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> or an influencer. And influencers are well primed to be cult leaders, and I'm that. waiting to see like a bad example of this. I there might already be some out there. I don't Onesian? know. Onesian? Like there are a few. Oh, there are, yeah. Yeah, there are a few. There's quite a lot. I mean, I <laughs> think about it. But it's mostly just like done via like toxic fan bases, I guess. And then they activate their cult via like buying merch. I guess it's not that yeah. bad. Oh, Athene. That's what I was trying to think about. Oh, yeah, Athene. Yeah. Athene that's the one that was like oh, really. Yeah, yeah. He boy, he went in, didn't he? He did. He was That's like, wonderful. "Hey, this is my crypto. It doesn't do it. Like, it, you're not going to get your money back." And they're like, "Okay, sure." Dump money <laughs> into it. it. Yeah. Wait, wait. So is he really? Because I see MC and Lawrence's chat saying he's a cult leader now. Is that actually true? Kind of. Yeah. He's got a. He's got like a compound and people and. That's a cult. Yep. Yeah. There's like wow. he has like a, a. It's it's creepy because like. <sighs> I don't know. It, it, it's it's amazing how similar it all is, but the people who are in it cannot recognize how culty it all is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. They're trying to play it off as a music festival. Yeah, they raised up ton of tons of money. Wait, Jared Leto? Or... No, or... well, people doing... say Jared Leto. I don't know who we're talking about. <laughs> are you talking about the like the camp that he has? Well, no. So the people are saying in my chat, Jared Leto has okay. an island cult. Man, that girl's yeah. just annihilating that sandwich. Good for I her. Know, that's great. Oh. I don't actually. I don't actually know that. Though. I, did, I didn't know that 
Jared Leto. Scientology is, I think, defined as a cult. I'm not. I'm pretty sure it is defined as a cult. But. So I'm going to be that guy. What's the What's the actual literal definition, the distinction between religion and cult? That's a great question. I, I you're, can you do me a favor and look it up? I'm, yeah, a, I'm on it. That's a great question. You do it. <laughs> well, the re- because if I do it, it's going to fuck up yeah, the yeah. entire oh, no, setup. Totally. <laughs> yeah, no, Bruce. Bruce has to can't touch anything. Uh, uh, let's see here. Scroll. The uh, but yeah, there's there because they're not. I don't know that there are many differences to be honest with you. Oh, uh, there's so many words here. Bottom line it for me. Wait, give right. me a headline. Baltimore Sun. Let's see. Give, what we give got me. Here. <laughs> I want to spout a simple log line. Yeah, I just want one sentence. But it's math, dude. Uh, what's the difference between a cult and religion? Not easy to say. God damn it, Sam Fleischhacker. Uh, this is not what I clicked on this BaltimoreSun.com article for. Just Google Google cult definition and religion definition. It seems oh, dear. the difference. Uh, oh, that's all right. Some chats are coming going in. They're saying a cult is where the leader is alive. A religion is where the leader is dead. Oof. Uh, you know, I don't actually I mean, know that that's the. I mean, maybe. Well, that I mean, doesn't. I don't think that's the actual mm, definition. But like that yeah. is an interesting. But like Heaven's Gate, I guess. Yeah, I guess there's a leader. There's somebody who's. Hmm. Hmm. Let's see here. Yeah, and actually, this author. This is an op-ed, but suggests the difference between a cult and religion is about 100 years. And that's it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you. Wait, well, yeah. Wait so that that means like if it sticks around after the leader's demise, then you know you could argue is a bit like even then, are they like wouldn't a religion have to follow a doctrine of some kind, or does it not even have to? It just has to like idealize a single individual or you know idea. I don't know. I I think there's well a lot of religions don't idealize a single individual. Sure. Um, well, yeah. Jesus. You know, like. Well, yeah, but what I'm saying is yeah, like, a lot of religions don't like uh like I mean Hinduism. Roman gods and you know. Um, Greek gods, shit like that. That was they. They, they were they were pantheons. 15, yeah. 20 oh, I see gods. what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't always just because there's one's a, what is it? A, one's a deity, mm-hmm. or it's, it's monotheistic, and uh, and then I think polytheistic. Polytheistic means a lot of gods, and monotheistic one. Yeah. So like the Christian religion, I think we assume is monotheistic because that's one god. Um, yeah. But then like polytheistic would be the Greek pantheon. It's also that's... worth noting everyone that I don't think any of the three of us studied religion. Nope. Any capacity, so but we had the anything's wrong. We had the potential to study religion, so we do speak only the truth. So there's kind of two different (laughs) perspectives here. I mean, Kraken, by your own by your own belief structure, which I am fully on board with at this point, Mm -hmm. Uh I believe in my capacity to have studied religion. Yes, which means that right now I, in fact, have already studied religion. You are an expert in your version of the universe, exactly religion, and that's just as valid as anyone else's. I won't. I'll actually reject any evidence con- contradicting my inherent beliefs. Uh, and if I'm presented with any such evidence, I will uh, use that as fodder to double down on my beliefs. Going one <laughs> step further, if you donate to my Twitch stream, four ninety nine a, a month. It's a cult. It's a cult. You will be activated on a next level. This in is a which cult. Within not only your own reality, you will also have the ability to post emotes from my reality in my it's channel it's anywhere else. Bad news. That's a deal. Website. That's a deal, baby. Bad news. It's a and cult. that's so, how you activate a cult, baby. See, we're we're, fi- we're fifteen minutes in, uh, and before, whereas Kraken's ideas felt really, you know, like lofty and really thoughtful. <laughs> now, now that I've heard them for fifteen minutes, they sound like total bullshit. What, uh, <laughs> Bruce? How dare you, Defend me, Lawrence? Defend me. I think you're going to need to renounce Bruce's status as Elder Mason of the Cry Cult. Yes, I don't want to be. I, I, I don't want to be anything. The new elder mace in the cry cult. Your yes! first objective is you to get right rid of Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, you're out. <laughs> Sorry, bud. 
What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you kill people in your cult? Uh, not that you know of. Not that the media knows of. But then again, <laughs> if we're capable of it, it's already happened. So why even talk about it, you know? That's a good point. And if the, me the media's in on it, if they know what's good for them. Yeah, exactly. So interestingly, the cult entry in Wikipedia actually admits that uh, this sense of the term is controversial and has divergent definitions in both popular culture and academia. And it has been an ongoing source of contention among scholars across several fields of study. So Absolutely. the actual definition, I guess I assume there was like, if you if your organization does one, two, three, four, five, it's a cult. I suspect that they can't do that because there might be too much overlap with organized religion. Um, and then and then there have to be there'd have to be some really arbitrary distinction so that, you know, churches don't get shut down for being I, culty. I think, I mean, honestly, by the lack of definition, I would argue that like Twitch streaming in general or just influencer culture is very cult-like. Like it's very, it's very cult-like. Yes, it's 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 propping up an individual's perspectives, humor, personality, you know, looks, whatever you want to call it, on a pedestal, and having people kind of flock to that, and being like, I associate with this, I I vibe with this, you know, I'll I'll buy into whatever nonsense they're spouting. Well, for, well, for years, people, I mean, like they still do, they still call Apple a cult. Because it was the, the mm. cult of Jobs. It was Steve Jobs. Yeah. People followed Steve Jobs to yeah. anything and everything. Um, and, you know, I, like we would probably define m most cults is by giving them money. And that's what people did for Apple. Is that anything Apple released, they'd give them money. It didn't matter how shitty or expensive or whatever it, it was, they would they would do it. Um, mm. And that it's and that's obviously it wasn't a real cult like we think of cults. But a lot of people will refer to it as such, and uh, and like you're you're kind of referring to the same thing, which is like Twitch streaming. There's one person out there, like you know Tifu or whatever, <laughs> that everybody's like, this dude is the fucking best at video games. And he knows what he's talking about. Like you know, I'm gonna give him hundred bucks a month or whatever, uh, because, um, not because it's like not even because they want to support him, because maybe they like, maybe they idolize it, maybe mm -hmm. they worship. I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it gets it gets even more on the nose when you get to like some of the some of the YouTube fandoms and especially yeah. like when you start to get into like men's rights stuff. Um, then it is almost literally culty because you have you have a a figurehead who promises like who promises something in exchange for following their belief structure. So if if you want to be you know if you want to be generous about it like. Organized religion promises like peace, love, prosperity, uh, direction in life, a, a higher purpose, cons constructive activities. Like it promises a bunch of, of pro-social things in exchange for uh, following their dogma, following their religion. Hopefully, you know, constructive philosophies are always spread. Uh, a lot of that, a lot of that is mirrored, I think, in some some YouTube circles where dudes will be like, if "You do what I say, then you'll get everything you want. You'll get women. You'll get money." Right, um, yeah. And I think what what kind of tips it over into cult status for me is when they start inoculating their audience against any uh, like insurgent information. Uh, so even in a vacuum, being like they're out there and they're going to tell you this, and here's why that's bullshit. So you already start like forming this like immune system around the belief structure that you're pitching. But all of it is like you said, Craig, and all of it's commoditized. Is like you. Uh, you have a Patreon. You have like all of these revenue models, and <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> no, it's loop, it's loop, it's dude, getting just 
boom <laughs> this lady about to sneeze and this dude with like a quick draw just hits her with a spray right before she can get it out it's like a bunch of cleaner right in her face yeah <laughs> yeah that's fucked up headshot yeah exactly probably not jacob damn that's a quick scope for the ages uh well yeah i don't know i i'm actually what fascinates me most about that that uh that whole whole vibe you guys are all talking about of like online monetization of cult personality and all that is I feel pretty strongly that the people who do it aren't even aware that they're actually emulating all those like cult leader techniques. They just fall into them because they work so well. Uh, people just know that like when I when I speak like this or I, I present my opinions in this way or I title and thumbnail my videos a certain way uh, that they get more clicks and people get more attached to them and more attracted to them and yeah, I, I, I see like it's almost like natural selection of like people are evolving their ways of, of sort of cultivating fan bases without knowing that the te techniques they're using are pretty closely falling in line with pastors and ministers and cult leaders. And even the way YouTubers talk sometimes, I'm like, you sound like a pastor. Damn. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I grew, I grew up in a church. So it's like so there's something about that pastor voice that just kind of hits my DNA real hard. Mm -hmm. That's um, interesting. Yeah, it's well, I'm. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. What, what you're saying is what you're saying is right. Um, it's totally on the news. And I saw somebody in my chat say like, well, we're all here. Like we're all supporting. And, and then you, and they said, we're all here supporting and worshiping somebody. And I want to make sure and say, no, what? don't ever, don't ever worship. What? Wait, don't ever. Wait, worship what? Screen. what do you, <laughs> that what? is not the right choice. Now support is a huge deal, right? That's a big deal. When you come support me, that's fucking great. I love it. I'll keep making the content I make. Don't worship me. What have I been doing this last five years, Bruce? <laughs> Every day I, I kneel in front of your apartment. Don't Haven't you seen the presence I leave for you? <laughs> the, and it's also, it's really important. Like, it's like another thing, Lawrence, you said that was really on the nose, which, which was uh, once the cult leader starts saying like, oh, that person over there that said something bad about me, that's a lie. <laughs> believe what I say. Don't believe what they said. No. Um, and that is, then, then you're starting to uh hide information from other people and that's really bad mm -hmm. and it's really really bad so um i think a big part of it you mentioned like kind of the 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 voice of you know a pastor i think uh ritual is a big part of it and i think a lot of the big kind of channels on youtube or that kind of rely on this have a a ritual that they kind of go through you know either in their language in you know the activations they have with their audience or kind of any number of those things um Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's down to like naming your audience, uh, having phrases that you repeat, yeah. having motions you repeat, the brofist shit. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird because I I believe, like I said before, I really believe pretty firmly that people that do that don't do it because they're like, oh, rituals cause endearment in the human experience. So I yeah, will start no, doing not, that. I I would yeah, I'd say the vast majority is another like a research thing. It's just kind of a it involves because people like it like. Uh, I've uh, I've noticed like people will ask what do we call ourselves and like in like Twitch chat and stuff like that. I'm like, you guys need a name. You're just a group of people. Not everything has to be branded and like, but people enjoy yeah. that that sense of community and it's people nice enjoy to put it in a box and have yeah. a you know branding and and commodifying. Yeah, yeah it's it's just wild to me how much uh, the human experience can recreate the same circumstances in different places and in different formats. Uh, Lawrence and I, we speak for ourselves, by the way. If you want to worship Kraken, you totally can. Well, and also, you can worship me, too. That's... More than welcome to worship. <laughs> uh, my cult's open, too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You can worship Lawrence as well, I guess, apparently. <laughs> yeah. 
handing out flyers at the bus station, but there's no one there because no one wants to get sick. Uh, well, you know what? We started yeah. off 25 minutes, 25 minutes of cult talk. <laughs> yeah, this is... We, oh, we're, video games. we're very good at SEO on this podcast. Is, is Three cracking huge video game. games. Three huge video games just came out. Um, and what should we start? What do you guys want to start with? Animal Crossing, Doom, or Half-Life? Half-Life. Uh, you want to talk about Half-Life? Animal Crossing. Oh, wait. All right. Crack it says Animal, Indigo- with Animal Crossing. Did he say... Oh, I thought he said Indigo Prophecy. It's like, hell yeah, dog. Oh, you want to talk about Indigo Prophecy? No, no. Let's go back. No. Let's go back. Let's talk no, about Indigo please. Prophecy. I don't, I don't want to talk that about Indigo Prophecy. the game. No, I don't want to talk Sorry, about it. Have you that game? I have, yeah. Okay, let's. Uh, this is now an Indigo Prophecy stream. Um, <laughs> that was the first game that introduced me to David Cage. David, that is brilliant. That is the most David Cage game there is out of any of them. Have you gotten to the the after credit scene? Did you finish it? Oh, I don't. I never actually finished it. I got stuck. Oh, my <laughs> friend, you have to finish that game. It gets only crazier. The okay for reference, Bruce. So David Cage, the brilliant man behind Heavy Rain and. I, know, uh, I don't know about know. brilliant, but yes, I know. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, this was his, I would argue his magnum opus, which came before all of the more well-known oh. uh, games. But Indigo Prophecy is a super French, uh, vaguely notes of racism that I you can kind of chalk up to ignorance. It's just like it, it was written by someone that clearly didn't like. No wonder you guys like know. it. All right. All right. <laughs> the deal is like you play as a guy who's like horribly depressed, but also becomes kind of like a super villain slash hero. You have superpowers sometimes kind of, there's like a cult thing happening. You keep going back in time. Uh, The best part about it was like, you have a mental health meter. And if you see something that's like vaguely sad, you lose mental health kind of stats. And if you get below a certain point, your guy just kills himself no matter what. You can't do anything about it. What, really? There's a part in the game where you're walking around your apartment and you can like interact with shit. And I was so low on the mental health thing. I'm like, all right, guys, we're gonna be very careful. Whatever I touch is not gonna upset me. I'm like, all right, this is, you know, <laughs> I, I like walk over to the bathroom and I'm like, all right, I can go to the bathroom, right? That's probably gonna feel better. And he's like, the plumbing's not working. And then and then it just like mental health deteriorated five. And he says, Well, that's the end of my story. And he just leaps out the fucking window and I'm like, Oh my gosh! It really? goes from like, yeah, it goes. From like, oh man, the plumbing's not working to like just full on killing himself. This sounds like a masterpiece of a game that I don't want to talk about anymore. Yeah, sorry, Half Life. Okay, all right, fine. You start. You can jump out a window in Half Life. Let's talk about Animal Crossing. Oh. Animal Crossing is nice and fun and relaxing, and it's perfect for this time that everybody's going through in the world. Uh, how much? How much have you played it, Lawrence? Uh, not as much as I would have liked. I um, I don't know. Steph and I are approaching that game in two very different ways. She is she is power gaming it. Uh, she oh, already got her like third house expansion. Wow. Um, yeah, she's been hitting up Spider Island to uh, to like yep. bank up yep, two hundred thousand bells over and over again. Yep. She's a she is a professional. I my my shop should be open now, and uh, I think the museum's open. So that's exciting. Good. That's um, good. Is she time traveling or no? Uh, no, no, she's not a oh, wow. she's not a filthy Animal Crossing cheater. Okay, um, I would that would not be allowed in this house. I would I'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah, someone with depression, there isn't anything more defe- or defeating than having a broken toilet. <laughs> yeah, actually, that adds <laughs> that up. Sorry, brief, I, can, I, can, I can argue with that. <laughs> brief brief uh, ejection from chat there. Um, personally, I, I I do agree though. There is there is a 
it is the right game for this time because it it does it is a game about socializing. It is a game about serenity. It is a game that's about not having like a stressful and direct task in front of you. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like so much of the game is calming. The like the lilting acoustic guitar, going to the museum and just experiencing like serene calm while you're just watching fish float around. Yeah. Um, theoretically, there's these are all things that could happen in real life. Uh, but you know we kind of can't enjoy those moments right now um so yeah it is it has been wonderful and also like it's it's just nice too because i think people especially you know in these dark times are looking for society and engagement and uh socialization and you get a lot of that through the game both literally by visiting islands and stuff like that but also indirectly there's always really strong communities that pop up of people sharing patterns and and trading Mm -hmm. tips and like sending fruits and and like vegetable or not vegetables but uh like uh couches and stuff to people yeah 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 uh so it's it's been really cool to see um and yeah it's it's uh it's it's just nice it feels good the the first the first day that or the i'm sorry the second day i played it um i just opened my gates and i was like here's my room code chat jump in and it was so nice because like even the barring nintendo's terrible online system which is really <laughs> which is really bad when people will get in once they're on the island uh, everybody's doing things for you. Like somebody starts weeding and like somebody starts, you know, like getting wood and somebody's like, Wait, you're letting them take all your weeds? Um, yeah. Of Chris, you're, get, you're getting tucking for a ride, bro. You need, those are your weeds. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was just really like, it was, and yes, of course I was streaming it. So everybody's, but, but also that is, that is a time that people could be really mean and like try and do like the meanest possible thing. But nobody did that. It was like the most wholesome thing. Uh, and everyone was like, it was funny. I was like standing in a group with everybody and I just saw people like shitting out stuff for like for, every, <laughs> for me <laughs> and everybody else. Like <laughs> just like ladders and, and axes and like all sorts of cool and like oranges. And I was like, wow, this is making me feel really, really good. Yeah. This is, for me, I think the really, nice. the really nice thing about it is like there's so much that we can't control right now in, in the world. And this is a game where there are so many little achievements and objectives and moments of control and authorship that they give you that like i can feel that part of me that needs some element of like okay at least this is sacred you know and i think they they do an amazing job of you know it's the perfect time for this game so i've I've really appreciated that you can also just yeah feel immediately productive is yeah exactly you it's it's nowhere near the same i i often wondered sometimes if like if real life were that simple, if you could just get a stack of wood, hit it twice with a hammer, and then a, a chair pops out, uh, <laughs> yeah. would everyone do it, or would people still sit inside and play video games? I don't know. Um, but it is it is nice to like make a thing, even if it's not real, especially if it's something that somebody else wants. That's one of the cooler or one of the more rewarding parts. Is like I might find a recipe or a piece of furniture, and then stuff would be like, "Ooh, I want that," and I'm like, "Well, I don't," so I can feel good about giving yeah. it to you, and then seeing you put it on the wall and stuff like that. It is. If if you wanted to read too much into it, like I remember, The Sims has had similar vibes, and then some people were like, "Well, wait a minute, this game's just celebrating materialism," and like, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah if, people if, said that. Yeah, people say, people say a lot of things. This, <laughs> everyone's got a platform, basically. So yeah, if if you want to get too thinky about it, you can find something bad in anything. I suppose I don't know that anyone's saying that about Animal Crossing. It just occurred to me. Uh, that that I should feel guilty about deriving pleasure from yeah. giving somebody a, a bench. I, my mind typically finds ways to twist things that are wholesome and pure into things that I should feel guilty about. I guess that's 
That's religion coming back again. That's religion, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys talk about Half-Life Alex. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh, you don't want to spoils? I guess he doesn't want to spoil it. Okay. okay. All right. Um, we'll, we'll, well, talk well, for, we'll talk about it without spoilers too, because I imagine there's a lot of people in chat that haven't played it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I did not, I didn't expect to play through the entire, I mean, I would have played through the entire game on that first day if my legs and head didn't hurt. I'm glad you said that because yeah, my, uh, my feet were getting a little achy, like not too bad, but like the second day I played it, um, I sat down for a little bit cause I was taking a break and my body was like, oh yeah, oh, this is right. Yeah. don't don't get up again and i was like well okay <laughs> but yeah i was curious like because the the uh the demo they showed for alex was like dudes were like crawling and like squatting behind cover and like popping up and shooting and i was like that is a lot of move movement for people who are used to just like moving their wrists a little bit to do everything <laughs> um i'll say that like man it is it is so cool though holy crap to to be able to like actually recreate those moments and feel like you're actually there, it's oh. it's it's it is un, it is an unbelievable like I and the, the more that so I, I beat it yesterday and, and no spoilers now I, I won't I won't yeah no spoilers at all it's early on the game just came out so um I uh, I beat it yesterday and I I'm trying to remember the last time like tell I probably I maybe t television was probably my hero um but before that I don't remember the last time I felt this way where I was thinking about something for so long in terms of the lore, in terms of the medium I was playing in, uh, in terms of how they made it. I have no idea how they made this video game. No clue. Um, and it's just like, I've just like, my mind is exploding with a thousand thoughts trying to figure out what they did with, with this game. Um, and that's why I tweeted what I tweeted because like I tweeted it out and I knew people were going to be like, but I can't afford VR. It's so fucking shitty. Oh man, it sucks. It sucks. And I'm like, Wait, what I'm did like, you no, tweet no, no. out? I mean, I think I missed it. Oh, I I just tweeted out like um, like it's well, not only is it one of the greatest oh. games I've ever played, but also, um, it's just a, a completely unique experience. It's just something that I never would have guessed was a thing. I had never done it before, um, and I don't know that it exists other than this game, and uh, and a lot of people, I, I I definitely like, um, rightfully so, are upset the fact that they can't play it. That it makes total sense to me. Um, that's why I streamed it. One of the reasons I streamed it was because, like, because I didn't, I truly did not think I was going to want to play the entire game. Um, but I streamed it because I wanted people to see what it was like. But now that I've finished it, I'm like, holy shit, you have to try it for yourself. You, you, you can't, like, you can't not do it. And, um, but people still can't get it because it's a fuck, it's a shitload of money to spend. It's another console, basically. You're buying a whole other console. And then some, um, yeah. Yeah, and then some. Sometimes. Two other consoles, basically, for one game, and not even not even the shadow of a promise of more to come, the the impl the implication of more to come, but certainly probably never to the scale or or the expansiveness of Alex. So, it is a tough sell. Yeah, yeah. I uh, it reminds me. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I just said I get it. I, I totally understand. It um it reminds me a lot. Kind of what you're talking about is is that like that moment of wonder. It's been a it's been a while since I think. We've had something like that in gaming. And I, I've lamented about this for a while of like, technology used to be so, the technology used to be primitive enough that each new technological innovation was like a whole new world. So, you know, you would go from 8-bit to 16-bit systems and then you would have really rudimentary like sprite scaling and things like that. But games that use it for the first time, like Pilot Wings or something like that, you'd be like, oh my God, yeah, this is, this is it. But also, when you would do when you would play that, you'd be like, "This is incredible," or like F Zero or something. 
I don't know why I'm only thinking of Super Nintendo launch titles, but you'd be like, uh, this is incredible, but also I see how it could get better like right away. But still, this is really cool. And then 3D, like real-time 3D came around, and that was incredible too. And the, like playing Mario 64 for the first time of like using the analog stick and moving Mario in three dimensions. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that a whole game was made around that technology and did it really, really well. I would play Mario 64 and then walk away and think about it for a long time because it was just a whole other world to be in. I haven't felt that since Half-Life Alex. Or sorry, I don't know when the last time I really felt that was, but Half-Life Alex feels like that again. Where it's, yeah, this is the first time in a long time that a, a new technology, a new interface, a new way of presenting a video game, and then a new control system and new game mechanics have all come together to create a new experience that does finally, I feel like, define the platform and what's possible on it. Yeah. Uh, but, boy, it's tough. Uh, because, yeah, it's... For an index, it's $1,000 for the kit. It's more money for a gaming PC, unless you already have one. And, yeah, who knows? Who knows if it's remotely a viable platform? Before Alex, it was pretty obvious that it wasn't. Uh, and even developers were saying as much as, like, there was a lot of money flowing into VR dev, but none was coming back out of it because no one was buying anything. Yeah, that's the that's the catch. I I, I did see some, and somebody people keep saying, "Well, it's got an over one thousand dollar barrier to entry," and it doesn't. Um, you can buy VR headsets for between three and five hundred bucks uh, US, but again, that's a shitload of money. Um, that's a lot of money, and if you've got a the gaming PC, the requirements are not that bad for this video game. Um, but again, I completely see your side of it. Uh, it, it doesn't feel good to have it behind this, this barrier of entry um, that you're not going to experience. However, probably in like three, four years or so, <laughs> when Half-Life Alex is probably going to be in the rear view, you'll be able to play it. Um, but it's just so ahead of its time. It's just, it's like, it's too, it's almost too far ahead of its time. Uh, going back to your examples, Lawrence, it was like when I first played Halo. Mm. on the, the xbox controller where i had two analog sticks and i could move my person while moving that was a big fucking deal yeah um for me uh, and i remember like this is a totally game changing thing that i'm like i'm actually controlling and i never knew it could feel this way and that's the way half-life alex feels it feels uh completely unique yet familiar yeah uh it would be nice to believe that this is like a new standard for games I still don't know if that's even possible or viable. Yeah. Because I wonder with... Uh, I'm hoping... Well, it might be too much to hope for, but it'd be nice if Valve releases the number of index kits they put out. I'm sure they're telling developers, right? It's like, oh, now there's so many more people using Steam VR. You've got to start putting games on Steam VR, baby. Um, maybe. Hopefully the VR devs that have put out good stuff, you know, Beat Saber and Gorn and... Uh, was it Moss? Like, it'd be nice if those developers were getting a lift now because there's, hopefully there's going to be people with, like, VR kits that are going to be looking for more to play. Unfortunately, the volume isn't super, super high. Um, so yeah, it's, oh, it's eight weeks if you want an index. Ugh. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I don't, I, I was, I was telling people, because people were like, should I get the index for this game? And I was like, eh, I'm sure it'll play really well, like, the best on the index, but if you, if you're, if you've got the money, buy the Rift S or the Quest or like something like that that you can get right now and play the game like right now. Don't wait eight weeks for the index, spend a thousand dollars on it. I don't know that you'll feel like it lived up to uh, what you wanted it to live up to. Um, that said though, 
I, I, as soon as you play this game, you're going to realize why this is this is a literal game changing moment. It really is. Like there's nothing there's nothing in, in, anywhere close to this on VR at all. Nowhere close. Yeah, it's all. <clears throat> it reminds me of like VR up until now reminded me a whole lot of just early video games in general. That was all arcade experiences. It was like five minutes long. It was a very simple gameplay loop. And uh, because nobody could, nobody really knew any of the standards of like how to make an experience that lasted more than an hour. Um, so this this is kind of, it seems like the first game that's like, no, this is how to do it. Or Resident Evil 7, I guess, was, was pretty close to it too. Um, yeah. It's been fun to see the scene sort of evolve and discover like controller templates and interface uh, standards that pe that make sense to people, and I feel like it was kind of driving towards this. Where now, now not only do we have a lot of that stuff, maybe not figured out. There's still some way some ways to go, but it, a lot of the rough spots have been polished over, and now there's a full game with like AAA level assets and and everything that makes a whole experience. And like just the, I think Bruce, you you mentioned it in your tweet too, the valviness of the game, like the pacing of it, is is spot on. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing that, that Valve Software was always so incredible at with all the Half-Life titles was just the environments you move through and the pace you do it at. It feels so incredible because like Half-Life 1 is just an awesome uh, kind of clinic for how to do pacing in a first-person shooter. You'd have like wide open environments outside, then you go underground, very claustrophobic. You'd have like bright areas going to dark areas, and it just felt like an awesome roller coaster where every time you started to get used to or tired of a certain environment, boom, you would be in a new one. And it, it just really created this awesome sort of emotional flow because also a lot of Half-Life games kind of take place of one person's experience over the span of like eight hours, just yeah. direct. There's no, there's no stopping. There's no like next day kind of thing going on. So yeah, it's just like a really cool flow of like a road journey of whatever happens. And, and this game has that again. And it, it wasn't until I was in like chapter four or five where I was like, wow, this feel, it actually feels like a Half-Life game. And I, I did not think that was going to happen. I really didn't. I was so skeptical, and I have to eat. I have to eat my words. I'll be honest. I, I was, uh, I was very dismissive of Half Life Alex. I thought it was going to be like a, a five hour cash in to try to sell more VR headsets so so Valve could goose their VR platform. Yeah. But no, it's a genuine effort. It's a full game, and it is very Half Life, and that's awesome. I have, I've seen people ask this question too. Is like somebody in your your chat, Rock Lobster, just said, "Did you both buy your index, or was it given to you from Valve?" Valve didn't hand these out. <laughs> we both bought them. Yeah, we bought I them. Bought in, I bought mine in December, <laughs> so and I didn't get it till February. Um, and uh, this was because it was I. It wasn't that I even had faith in Valve. <laughs> like I was like Lawrence, where I was like, "There's no way. <laughs> there is no way they can make this Half Life game number one and number two make VR work with the Half Life." It's like there's no fucking way, and they did it. They did exactly what they said they were going to do, and they did it. Uh, it. It was just like when I played Half Life Two, and you realized that every single thing in the world, basically everything in the world, was uh, interactive. You could touch it all. You could throw it all. You it had its own physics. Um, you could do different things with different pieces in that world, and basically change the world you were playing in in Half Life Two. And that was a big deal for me. I, remember, I, I just I was like, this is huge. This, this physics is going to change everything. And that's what they did in this game, but it's all it's all in front of your face and you're touching it all and moving it and like it's completely different than anything you've ever. I, I, I don't know how else to to say other than just play it. Mm -hmm. like, you can get a chance if you get a chance if somebody else if a friend has a VR headset or whatever, um, play it. You should just play it. Yeah, uh, Rock Lobster. I, I can't I can't speak to whether or not Valve gave out 
uh, headsets. I do think it's pretty smart of them with their like spectator mode, how they had a uh, they had a display window that has camera smoothing and a HUD, because I think they very wisely understood that a lot of people would be looking at the game from early adopters to decide whether or not they wanted to buy it. So it was pretty cool of them to make make the game show well in a streaming perspective. Um, so that, yeah, I, uh, I, they didn't, it's possible they gave out kits to people, but I don't, Bruce and I weren't, weren't I don't know them. anybody that's, that's got, that's gotten <laughs> a Valve Index. Maybe, maybe Kraken did, because I know he's an artist. Yeah. I am an artist. Uh, you should both know that of the three of us, I do not have an index, so how dare you rub that in my face? Um, <laughs> well, we I want one. I think I'm, I might get, uh, the controllers, because I have, a, I have a, the Vive. But, hey, Kraken. Hey, Kraken. Yeah. You can, borrow my, you can borrow my index. Yeah, I'm, that's, that's not a joke. I'll absolutely let you borrow it. I'll 100% let you borrow it. You, should, you, should, you, can play, you need to play the game. You need just to play the video game. drop it in bleach for a few hours first. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just yeah. soak it in bleach and then, then um, we get to go. That'd but be seriously, awesome. though, if, if, anytime you want to come by, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, hand it to you through a plastic sheet. And <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Bruce, I was going to ask about that uh, because we talked about trading some gear. How's that gonna ha how how can we now? Um, what do you mean, uh, like for microphones? Yeah, because I got I got the other mix board. I mean, that's a non-essential stepping outside, right? Is there a way that like, could I pay a courier to go get it from you? I mean, you could still go to each other's house. You that's... just have to wear a hazmat suit. Oh, that's well, true. The, in California, they like, I don't know, people the people are saying that. Cops are pulling people over and giving them tickets because they're not like going to get food or going to get medicine or going to get. How do you prove that though? I don't know. You're like, I'm I am sure. going to get food, and they're like, Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. How hungry are you? Yeah, I, I, I am not sure. I mean, it is, it is, isn't an essential thing due to it being for work. I mean, like, yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. Um, either way, yeah, I, I'm, I'm down to uh, give you a microphone, Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll really miss your friend. I think that's essential. Yeah, I gotta smooch my bro. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. On the way to smooch my bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty essential. Try and tell me that's not essential. Try it. Yeah, all right, you got Test it. Test me. <laughs> um, but but yeah, Crackman, if you ever want to borrow it, uh, it's available, and you should use it for streaming, because I think you, I think your viewers and you would benefit from streaming it. Yeah, I've. The I, thing is, I really want to play the game, but I want to play it right. And until I'm able to play it on an index or with an index controller, I feel like it would be bastardized to some degree. So that's why I've been holding off. Um, Makes sense. Makes but yeah, life. I'm definitely excited. And thank you for the offer. It's very generous. I, yeah. Are, are you a, a Half-Life fan at all, Craig? And do you like... Yeah, I, I, I would say I'm a Valve fan, like of the kind of original games in the orange box. Um, that's kind of what got me onto PC to begin with. So I, I kind of, you know, feel like I... I'm owed like part of me is is you know owed to that franchise. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't really finished the Half Life games, so I feel like it's more that I love the engine that it created, and I love kind of the the tone of it, and I kind of you know. But I honestly probably played more like Gmod and other stuff that came out of yeah. Half Life than Half Life itself, which I, I think most people would probably say the same. Um, but so I, I kind of consider them all like more of a a, a, a an engine or like a an environment is. than it is a actual IP, even though this, I know it is and it is a very good IP to some. This yeah. engine that Alex is made in Source Two 
like once people start actually using it in VR, it's going to be revolutionary, just like Swords was. Because mm -hmm. um, it's it is a. I was seeing some game developers tweet about Half Life Alex and reading some articles about it, and people people were like, uh, the developers are like, they don't nobody realizes how much work Valve put in to this game. Like they don't how much work the animations were and how much work the physics like they don't nobody has any clue. Uh, and that's that's something that like I was telling you, Lawrence, like the things like this, this game or specific movies or television shows where you just don't even realize you don't even know like how did they do how did they put this together? I have no idea. I have no clue. And that's masterful. That's where where you don't you don't even see the flaws in the video game really. Um uh, it's just like it's like watching Michael Jordan play basketball. Uh, he made it look so easy because he had put so much time and so much effort into practice. And uh, that's what this game is. Um, and I, I just don't know how they did it. I would hmm. love to see behind the scenes videos of how they did it because I have no fucking clue. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's pretty good that this game came out when it did because it allows us to explore virtual worlds. But what if you're in a region... I'm going into an ad read, by the way, in case that Do wasn't it. obvious. What if you're in a region of the world where certain media you want to explore is blocked out to you. Well, it's time It's time to get set. Yeah, well, you move. You believe in your potential to live in another area, and thus those media services will be available to you through the glorious teachings of Lord Kraken. Um, <laughs> however, uh, that doesn't happen for free. To join the cry religion... Cry... Cry cult. Cry cult. There we go. To join the cry cult, you must also sign up for NordVPN, who is sponsoring this podcast... And then you will unlock the borders of your media consumption. Uh, yes, this podcast is sponsored by NordVPN, who is, that is a virtual private network. If you're unfamiliar with how those work, essentially, you connect to another server. And then all of your media requests or your internet requests come from that server, which can be in another country, which can have another IP. So, uh, And then your, all your traffic between you and the server is end-to-end -end encrypted. So nobody can see what it is. Nobody knows where it's going. Uh, and by all intents and purposes, your internet access has been shifted to a new region of the world. And that's important because wherever, wherever you are right now, there might be uh, Netflix offerings that you can't watch. There might be video games that aren't released in your territory. Uh, there might be all number of things that you would want to be in another region for. NordVPN can help you do that with just a few clicks. Uh, and if you're interested, go to nordvpn.com slash talk to internet. We have a special code for you guys to get you 70% off a three-year plan. And since it's NordVPN's eighth birthday, every single buyer of a three-year plan will not only get one additional month for free, but a special surprise gift. What? What do they get? I don't know. I don't know. They just said that. So, cool. yeah, <laughs> I kind of, I want to, Nord. I, uh, I wanted to sign up for it to see what that sweet gift gift is. Maybe it's like a phone wallpaper or something. Wouldn't that be exciting? Was that their birthday? That was their birthday thing. Yeah. I think their birthday was a couple of weeks ago, so that may actually not apply. No, I checked. I Ooh. I, I went oh. to the... Uh, yeah, right, I went... Hey, if Lawrence checks, hey, then we got it. If you go to nordvpn.com slash talk to internet, yes, as seen on YouTube, get three-year plan plus one month free. And a gift? Uh, I cannot... Mm. Actually, uh -oh. that's a good point. The gift. Ooh. Uh -oh. <laughs> well, hopefully the gift is still there. Uh, if we don't get a gift, uh, the cry cult may have... May have some some talks. Need that gift. Need it. Uh, and or you can just go to NordVPN.com, place your order, and use code Talk to Internet at checkout. Talk to Internet for seventy percent off a three-year plan. Again, that's uh, it. Anonymizes your internet usage. 
It makes your internet appear as though it's coming from another country. Uh, it can also protect you from, uh, if, you're, if you're a streamer boy or an influencer or something like that, it can protect you uh, from all sorts of shady internet dealings going on. It certainly can. Yes, but it, uh, oh, thank you. Thank you, Rick, for posting that. But yes, it, uh, yeah. So that's it. Uh, in this in this digital age of ours, especially in the in the United States with net neutrality gone, anonymizing your internet uh, traffic is important, and it keeps the internet open, uh, free, and and just a good place to be. That's what we're used to it being. Uh, so once more, uh, that's NordVPN.com/talktointernet for seventy percent off a three-year plan, and uh, you can be watching Netflix all around the world. Thank you, NordVPN, for sponsoring this podcast. We appreciate it very much. Does subscribing skip the more ad? Does not. Uh, but I, I was you can feel of... good clicking the like plus 50 seconds button or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of uh, doing a little like video, you know, in Skyrim. Remember the Nords and they say Skyrim belongs to the Nords. Uh. I was going to do a video and it says Skyrim belongs to the Nord. <laughs> VPN, and then oh, we like man. get the voice actor to do all those the same ad read. Kraken, you truly are an artist. You truly Thank are you. an artist. I just wanted to say, I, I mean, I didn't actually do the thing. No, I but you could it. have. And then, therefore, I have done it. So I, I just wanted to share the idea with you, so you guys all can get the same joy out of it. As uh, well, are you gonna make it or what? No, it doesn't I, have to. I think just saying it's enough. Yeah, it's like sending somebody a fake couch at Animal guys. Crossing. Yeah, the you're, potential you're, for the the comedy. You're an idea. You're an idea guy, is what they. That's yeah, the I'm a, I'm an idea guy. Look, if you want to give me some money, give me a couple talented people, give me a lot of time, give me a lot of resources, <laughs> and then no accountability. I will probably come up with something great that you will be happy to have. What's really aggravating is that there are people who who find a way to work themselves into that exact position. Lawrence is correct. That oh, is the yes. thing that I've oh, seen, I've seen it many times in this industry and in the television industry where Man. somebody somebody's been given so much money and then the money disappears and the idea wasn't executed. But it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, for some reason, that person still gets more work and I don't know how it's possible. I really and don't. If you've done things before, you automatically have a leg up to do another thing. Even if you didn't actually do the first thing, as you, if you're attached to it and it did a modicum of success, then it's a lot easier for you to kind of slingshot to the next. Yeah, thing. and you can you can extract the illusion of a modicum of success out of yeah. anything. Yeah, if you're a good salesman, you can do that very well. Man, hype bros are awesome. What a life! What yeah. a life! I mean, it's that's work too, right? Of of hustling and convincing people that you're good at a thing that you don't even do. That yeah, that's a skill and a well, of you, a sort. It's funny you, you sound just like them, Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I've actually heard people justify that by saying, yeah. "Well, no, that's that's work." Like it's me, work to hustle people out of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me. I'm a salesperson. I'm well, a it's blah, like a snake oil salesman. Like they they yeah. were a real thing back in the day because you know they would find a mark and then convince them they wanted the product and. Yeah, it's uh, it's it funny how that it, yeah, and it's still around. It's just it's changed its form a little bit. And if people feel good giving you money to do nothing, haven't you also provided a valuable service? <laughs> no, because then afterwards they don't feel good because they don't have the valuable service. Oh, you see what I'm saying. But if they think they do, but until they don't. But they think they do, so they do, according to Kraken's beliefs. <laughs> <laughs> so it all works out. Now you're getting it.
because the Grand the, Mason the, Lawrence. If you drink that snake oil, love it, and it do, and it doesn't work, then you're sick. You're still sick, so you don't feel any worse. And in reality, you feel way worse because not only did you lose a ton of money, but then you're now no longer well because the snake oil didn't work. Hmm. Well, <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> That's when you leave. That's when you yeah. Leave. <laughs> get in your wagon and take off. Yeah, you get the fuck out. Leave leave a few leave a few daughters and sons behind. <laughs> um, Man, what a life! Roll into town, plow some farmers' daughters, sell some snake oil, and get the fuck out. That's a, <laughs> good times. That's what it is. That's what it is. Um, so, Kraken, have you played Doom yet? Yes. Um, it was my first Doom game. I, I never played the other ones, and so. Oh really? Wait, this, yeah. Uh, it's a rough intro. I loved it. it. It was. It came super natural to me. I played on. Uh, the second hardest difficulty, not Nightmare, but the one right before it. Um, oh, Ultra Violence. Yeah, and I, I was like, oh man, I was zooming. I really enjoyed it. Um, let's see, how far did I get? I, I got to the second, uh, Hell Priest. Okay. Um, and I, I beat the the guy with like the, like the Doom Hunter the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I beat those guys. The Minotaur with a double chainsaw for one yeah. hand and a rocket launcher for the other on a hoverboard that also has That's rocket like, launchers on it. The uh, on hoverboard. Yeah, he's like on a little hovercraft. That's awesome, dude. Fuck. Doom is, uh, it's it's something. The, the game flow of it was like some of the best I've ever hit with any game. I was mm -hmm. in like someone described it as like a murder trance, and I think that is completely accurate. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I think I maybe talked the least in that stream out of any of my streams. I like barely, I barely said anything. I was just like so tunnel visioned on complete ripping and tearing. Um, but it was like, yeah, it was pretty great. There was one awful part though, where uh, we were playing uh, the first gauntlet, you know, like the purple place you go in and you, you like fight, you know, through everything. Um, and I was going through that. And then uh, it crashed in like the last enemy as I was like in the midst of my murder trance zone, and the the game just completely cut out. And I I had this like visceral withdrawal sensation of like just being completely like cock blocked in the middle of this awesome moment, and I I, I raged pretty hard. But um, <laughs> aside from that, it's been it was an awesome time. Uh, Lawrence, who I'm I'm actually curious because like. I know you love the lore oh, yeah. the most about yeah. Doom. Who is in charge of that? Like, who's the who's the person that is in charge of the lore of Doom? Like, who's writing the stories? Who's coming up with the creatures? Who is that? Do you know? That's a really good question. Um, I don't know that there's one person who's, like, dedicated lore master. I do recall, before Eternal came out, somebody actually dropped by in chat and said that they worked on a group that consulted on the lore for Doom 2016. Mm -hmm. But that was, like, pre-release. Uh, so, I don't know that there's any one person that... Uh, the dev the dev team has pointed out um yeah hugo martin is, is the creative lead um and obviously oversees everything i don't know that he's sitting down and like scribbling everything down on a napkin but uh i could be wrong could be that um some yeah i mean somebody's probably the you know like the visionary of it where they're like you know i don't even know if they're like hey make that guy with a hoverboard and a because <laughs> I mean, like, I, I feel because like there's so much creativity in the doom franchise for that stuff mm -hmm. and i just wonder i wonder who's doing it. um they're just they're just amazing creature design yeah it's uh the the, the not only mechanically but artistically yeah the uh all of the enemies are 
just you know ripped straight out of the edgiest 13 year olds notebook yeah. which is awesome they're all like they're all like binder scribbles mm-hmm. down to like oh this is a minotaur man but he's got tank treads for legs and he's yeah. got a double chainsaw <laughs> it's but it, it, it rules because it's like the thing that i love most about eternal and i've said this a lot but it's like Doom 2016 felt pretty wacky, but in retrospect, they actually were pretty restrained with a lot of things that they didn't yeah, need they to be. Were. And Eternal, they just didn't, nothing, nothing's left behind. It's like, however we can turn everything up, let's turn it all up. So everything, like the game's faster, it's louder, all the enemies are crazier. There's more of them. The level design is is just bonkers. Um, blasting a hole into Mars just to, just to get into its devilish center, like there's a whole level. I don't know. Um, it's, uh... It's great. There's there's nothing about it that well. There's a couple of things that could be better, but still, it's uh, I just I just love seeing um, unrestrained creativity. Um, sometimes sometimes you get that in movies where somebody like there are some some movies that are just completely not unrestrained entirely, yeah. uh, and they're always such a delight to watch. They're usually kind of like the auteur kind of style pieces hmm. of media where like it was driven by a single vision usually from one creator, but then there's also like properties like doom, which I think is so what it is that like, as, as long as that definition stays true and everyone on the team understands and believes what it's trying to do, then like, yeah, it, 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 there's like a lot of creative freedom within the constraints of the identity of doom. That makes sense. So like everyone knows doom. And so within our understanding of doom, you've got, a ton of different variation on how you want to like realize it. And I definitely felt that like, I I've been familiar with the Doom franchise. I just never played it myself. I thought it was always really cool. Love the music, love the tone, love all that stuff. But yeah, it's, it is totally different when you play it. Cause you, you can like embody this force of nature, um, which I think is like reinforced through almost every mechanic, which is really nice. Yeah. The, I, that's the, I guess that's why I'm, I was asking about it. Cause I figured, Lawrence would, would sort of know but it's interesting to hear that it's more of a collective of people um, and not just one dude that's out there being like, you know, like every creature is like this, but it sounds <laughs> like people have just sort of bought into the idea of what it is. And then I'm sure that there are a few people's jobs somewhere in uh, is it right. It's software. Yeah. 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 Um, and it that are, that are like, ah, that's probably not going to work in this universe versus something that somebody comes up with and they're like oh yeah that's perfect that's that will that will fit in this universe um sort of like the you know for lack of a better term george lucas of doom uh that's what it seems like to me i was just wondering because it's there's a there's obviously so much imagination and creativity in the game and that's what makes me so excited about it yeah, yeah dr levin said that the writers are hugo martin gascoigne lane and chad Mossholder. so mm-hmm. i didn't know that they were credited that's awesome should have paid more attention in the credits yeah. The uh, speaking of which, the same guys wrote uh, Half Life Alex that had written one and two. Oh, um, great! Eric Wolpaw. Uh, the, oh, that's uh, right. They all rejoined Valve. Like they, what? Yeah. About a year ago. Yep. That's up, I guess. Huh. Yeah, to make, to make this about the guy that leaked the Half Life Three thing. Was he what not invited one? back? Which which guy was that? Remember the, the yeah. was that post about the Half Life Three, like story that was like had all the names changed. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Wait, what was the name of that guy that did? Yeah, that was like, uh, let me see here. Was it? It might have been Eric. Was it Eric Wolpot? No, I it thought it was. It was. Oh, it was Mar- Mark Laidlaw. Right. It was. Oh, it was Laidlaw. That's right. That's right. 
Um, Wait. Is he invited back or no? Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Because I know he, re- he wrote, I think, all of the Half-Life uh, lore, basically, and was writing those games for a long mm-hmm. time. He was at Bioware for a while, right? Oh, was he? I don't know. Uh, I maybe I'm. I oh, never mind. No, he was. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, no, he's just Half Life, Half Life, Half Life Two in the episodes. Was a writer for that. Um, hmm. Years ago, I forget. I can't remember if I read this or heard this, but it was. Uh, people were saying that since Valve wasn't making games, hmm. the the, cre- the the people that were the creatives at Valve were unhappy. They were like, "Yeah, well, what are we gonna do? Like, we they're no, they're not making video games. Yeah, it's like what they signed up for. Or... And yeah. like Valve had the reputation of hiring the best of the best from every other company, and suddenly all these creatives were like sitting on piles of money coming from Steam, but not actually using their talents effectively. Besides making like workshop items, yeah, or you know existing games that are released, and they're just like, mm. so yeah, I I'm I'm happy Valve is going back in the game stuff. Um, I hope they're see. going back." I, I just, yeah, that's that's actually why I've been talking about it so much is mm. because I want Valve to go back to it, mm-hmm. um, like I because I want them to. This was to me these Half Life one and two and the episodes one and two and the, those were great video games with great stories, um, and when they stopped making them, I was super devastated, uh, and I understood it. I got it from a business perspective, but now that they've gone back to it and made it, and everyone's like, ah, oh, I don't have the money, and like I'm like I'm like please just play the game, just just. Find a way to play the game and play the game because it will encourage Valve to then make more video games, whether or not it's on VR or whatever. So, yeah, I I hope that's the case. I don't know. I uh, as amazing as Half Life Alex is, it seems pretty clear to me that Valve made it because they saw uh, an expanded business opportunity behind it. Yeah. Um, Valve seems to be fully out of the out of the realm of making games to make and sell games. They. Mm-hmm. That revenue seems to be so and yeah, like wildly out of yeah, it's out of their it's out of their league. They don't care anymore. Like whatever take they get on one sixty dollar game that sells and is done. Yeah, um, I mean it's comparable to Pokemon. Pokemon went the merchandise route where Valve's mm. gone the distribution and kind of mm. you know uh, uh, hardware route. But, but po- Pokemon still makes video games though. Yeah, but they don't like if you look at the, how much money they bring in from their video games compared to all their merch and the IP itself. Like it's like minuscule like the the video games serve primarily i think to get out new pokemon that they can then yeah send through the whole money you know shoot but um, <laughs> well wait know, but uh, but they still make them right they, they, they do but like they're not going to stop making pokemon video games are they but yeah but like to, i think kraken's point is that it, it slips into their business model in an extended uh, a way to extendedly monetize something right mm-hmm. right so when i think about valve and how they position video games is they made artifacts because that was a monetization platform. They can keep selling cards and packs forever. Right. Uh, and and like the 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 profit margin on one, like you said, one artist making like keep art for a card is still more immediately monetizable than somebody making concept art for a game that's not going to come out for four years. Yeah. Um. So when I think about Half Life Alex, uh, I I can see Valve being okay with the effort. Because it's to support Steam VR as a platform, which they also get a cut of everything from. So if Steam VR suddenly becomes a, uh, a vibrant platform, as opposed to where it is now, then their investment of the time and effort to make Half-Life Alex pays off for years. When it comes to like making more games like that, it's tough for me to see how that would continue to serve their business interests unless they want to keep goosing the VR part of their 
their business, but at a certain but point, they're going to decide think, it's not worth it anymore. I think the other option for them is around the whole Source 2 thing. Um, mm. In that, oh. you know, when they first released Source, that was a game changer for many reasons, but basically made PC gaming, you know, and modding in PC gaming, uh, like invented a whole new genre, right, um, for, for many years. So now that, you know, Epic, for example, has Fortnite and is like pushing, you know, the uh, Unreal platform via their store and through all their kind of channels, I think Valve, you could argue, has an opportunity around Source 2 to draw, you know, back the modding community around Steam, around that platform. At least that is what I would hope for, because I think source modding was some of the kind of peak creativity. And if you look at so many of the different games that have flourished over the last 10 years, you can trace almost all of them back to source mods back in, you know, Counter-Strike and TF2 and, and whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think if I was them, I would be looking at modding within, like what is next gen modding gonna look like and then how to build a platform for that. Uh, question is, where do they get their cut from that? Now that we've been talking about like kind of how that's Valve's whole you know shtick nowadays, um, you know Blizzard's approach was like the fucking flat iron hammer to the side of the head of like, hey, if you want to make any or publish any uh, custom content on Warhammer Three, we own it. End of conversation. <laughs> that would not fly. I don't think Valve is that uh, obtuse, but you know, I think they have to be cognizant of the fact that they have always been built on this platform of kind of open source and modability. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I'm personally hopeful at like, what is the idea of source two and how is that going to change uh, PC gaming? That's, that's, yeah, I'm, that's what I, when I was playing that game, that's all I could think of was yeah. all the other different mods that could come with it. But the problem is, is that if source two, I mean, source two is obviously, was it, Dota 2 as well, Lawrence. What was what else was Source 2 being used for? Was it only Alex? I thought there was something else that they were using. Yeah, they they switched Dota 2 over to Source 2. That's right. Um, and then and then that's where all the, the like the like data miners found references to HLVR, which mm -hmm. now we know what that was. Um, yeah. And that was boy, that was like two years ago. Hmm. That was like yeah, it was, it was a while while back. And, and I guess what I'm trying to say there is that hopefully Source 2 will be used for something other than VR. I um, believe it will be. I just really, I really do, because I mean, like right now, it's super. Well, well, then they're competing with Epic, right? I engine licensing used to be such a big industry, mm -hmm. and and Epic got tons of money from licensing Unreal to everybody, but like then the then publishers started doubling down on their own engines. So like EA was like, we'll use Frostbite on everything. We'll save so much money. Ugh. Uh, it's it's funny to to see like the beats that led to decisions that then turned out very poorly. Um, yeah, I, I wonder now with like Epic is basically giving away their engine for free. So to have yeah, source have store now for people to launch their games on. Yep. Yes. So. They, man, Epic is, is it's funny because the, the pipeline that Valve was setting up, but doing so without really any competition in the space, Epic just bullied in and did it with intent. Like just, yeah, just set it all up I, real fast and honestly, real hard. I think it's so important. Like, I mean, even Gabe yeah. himself was interviewed about this and says like, it's painful in the short term, but like, you know, competition's good in the long term because yeah. now, you know, Valve is in a position where they can respond with, okay, 
you know, Unreal is great and all, but what about, you know, we give you tools to make stuff in Source 2 and publish your own games using Source 2. Like, I mean, I'm not sure that's the direction they're going to go, but, like, that is theoretically an approach they could take, um, you know. Kraken, I very, I, I very much believe that what you're saying is correct. I don't I don't know that they would have been motivated to make this game, Half-Life Alex, yeah. and to push their engine if the Epic had not come in with, with the Epic Store and Fortnite mm -hmm. and, like, roared into the gaming industry destroying everybody else around mm -hmm. so and there's also just like steam finally got an update like the library yeah. looks different theoretically they could have done that anyway but it took them about eight years to to revamp the page i actually like the way it looks now it still kind of runs terribly but that's okay um so yeah i don't know it's epic bullying in and let now like good old games has a really aggressive refund policy for all the for all the anger that Epic was just buying their way into the market, it really has kind of pushed a lot of other people to do very to try and capture people's business back. Which yeah, yeah it's I guess it's weird. It's it's weird that like all of this was said out loud. Uh, I remember, uh, gosh, what's the what's the Epic guy's name? Uh, Not Sweeney. Tim Sweeney. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was just he was just straight up like, "This is gonna be good, guys. You guys just got to chill out for a little bit." And everyone was screaming at him. But I feel like maybe I feel like now we're we're kind of like you guys said we're literally seeing the fruits of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really maybe not I literal fruit. That'd be delicious. Yeah, <laughs> I have some bananas that are starting to go brown. I gotta get in those boys. Get in them. And I got a I got a bidet hookup. It's a busy day over oh here at the God, Lawrence Palace. That's great. Eat a banana on the bidet <laughs> on your throne. Yeah, start to start to finish. My pipeline is secure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Dragon, I was, was going to say, yeah. yeah, so I already know a couple uh, of uh, people that, you know, use Source Filmmaker that have been able to, you know, they've been given a pipeline on how to get Half-Life Alex assets and maps into Source Filmmaker, um, oh. which to me is game changing because that game is incredible. That's that's a next level of graphical, I think, you know, like style and, yeah. you know, what you can accomplish with that. And, you know, we were talking about whether or not Source 2 is built exclusively for VR or not. I mean, Source Filmmaker is not a VR, like, platform. It's a, it's been made for, you know, passive consumption of video. So mm. I think the fact that it's compatible with that would lead me to believe that it's not exclusively VR. It's meant to be kind of a, you know, a new approach that is VR ready, but doesn't have to be necessarily. So we'll see, you know. I, how, I really how hope so. Out. I really, I really hope so. That's a, that's a big deal. Um, just I, I, because again, source the source engine. When did that come out? Twenty, two thousand eight. Oh yeah. Uh, a while back. Um, I feel like that sort of. That, reinvigorated all of Valve's uh, properties. Like mm -hmm. Half Life Two. Two thousand four. Yeah. Two thousand four. But... There you go. Because uh, that was source engine with Half Life Two. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. That came out in two thousand four. Um, so that would be Counter Strike Source. That would be Team Fortress Two. That would be like all of those games that we played now for years. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I just, I just want that same renaissance with this game. You know, I want yeah. that and all of all those games. I just don't. I don't know if Valve's going to do it or not. So it's the the landscape's different now. Um, yeah. It is PC gaming was not in a good space in the mid two thousands. It was it was all console at that at the time. Yep. There were I mean there were things like Stalker. Like every so often, the middle of Europe would put out one game that was pretty good, and that would be it. That was like the banner release for PC, and then you would just have garbage ass console ports because there was just no money in it. Um, but since man, it could not be it could not be more different. 
which makes me wonder, like, Valve was able to carve out a space being one of the very few uh, companies that was actually developing tools in a marketplace and, like, working in the PC space and, and actively cultivating there. Now there's tons of companies doing it. So I, I do wonder if Valve will be able to do the same now that they have a lot of competition who is pushing real hard. Um, it'll be curious to see. I do think Valve has proven that they're like operating several years ahead of most other companies where like, you know, uh, a an Origin or EA, same company. I, I always get the, the platforms. Oh, yeah. oh you play? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ubisoft, you play like those were all done in response to oh, we don't want to pay the you know the twenty percent or thirty percent that Valve takes out of uh, all of our you know our sales. Um, they weren't future proofing; they were just reacting. Versus Valve has the advantage of being able to set goals and long term plans for building towards, and so they've obviously put a lot of their their you know chips in VR. But I hope. I like to think they've got other things in, in the works that are going to be more diversifying for their portfolio than like all in on VR. Cause I don't think that would be a thing they would do, but they, yeah, they, I was reading an article yesterday. They, they were talking about, they're like, yeah, th like this opens up a whole new, another world for us to make more half-life games. And they, 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 I know, I know people at Valve, at least people at Valve way back when we talked to them years ago for the story that Lawrence and I did about how half-life three wasn't going to come out. Um, when we talked to them at Valve, they were all like, we want to make more Half-Life. It's like, we want to make more games. Um, and I, so I'm just hoping that that, that fire still exists. Yeah. There. Um, and, uh, and now that they'll, now they'll encourage Well, it. I'm sure. Yeah. Seeing the responses to, to Alex probably reignites a lot of creative drive. I mean, what you're describing, like, I don't know when the last time a full fledged game was released by valve came out. Artifact, bro. Well, uh, uh, Dota two, um, it, and in, in which case, if it was like to go that amount of time without seeing fan art and like you know response to a product, and then now yeah, like going here and like seeing kind of you know people reacting to the uh, like all the awesome little details in Alex would drive me as a creative, you know, as an artist, which we've already established I am, to go make <laughs> more cool stuff or to go to my boss and say, hey, yeah. I have this really cool idea for a tool, you know, and then that develops into a new thing. I guess I guess where my concern is, and, and I really hope that it is just as simple as, like, creative people get inspired and then they want to make a thing, but... Well, ah, um, sorry, there's a giant pimple or something. Um, I tried to scroll past as fast as I could. I appreciate it. Uh, I guess I guess where my head is at is like so that conversation happens. There's a, there's a creative who really wants to make Half Life Episode Three. I really let's do it this time, and then they go and then and then in my fictional mind, if there is a supervisor, flat flat structure and all that, but whatever, if they have to go and justify like pulling together 150 200 people, and then they they talk about it with with Gaben or whatever. You know, Gaben shoves all the knives off his desk for a second. And he's like, let's talk about this. <laughs> I feel like the problem would be like, okay, the, the case for Alex is kind of like I said before, is we build up the VR platform, we give it a booster shot, we get more index kits out there, we go out and talk to devs, we give them Source 2 with all the new all the new VR tools. And then we build up this whole other this whole other uh, marketplace that Epic doesn't have yet. And then we get we get our golden we get our golden age back where we get to set our own revenue cut. We create this this market because we push the we push the game design we push the hardware, and then we get we get we get to take all that money too. 
Um, but if they come in and say, okay, Half-Life Episode 3, it's a shooter with a mouse and a keyboard, what's the what's the big picture? Right. It's like, well, there isn't one. We just really want to make it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they're going to like, go make artifact cards or something. I don't know. I, <laughs> I worry that the conversation would fall apart where they're asked to explain how this is going to earn well, revenue for the next five years. Every every example of a flat power structure that I've heard of is not actually a flat power structure. I don't think that's right. Yeah, that would really be supportable. <laughs> I think it's more that you know ideas can bubble up from lower, but they need to be they need to fit within the company's trajectory and long term goals. So what that would look like is you know I, an artist, develop a amazing shader that would look amazing in Source Two, and I go to my boss and I say, hey. This thing looks awesome, you know. I think this would actually make VR look a lot better than it does right now because the biggest problem is pixel density, blah blah. I don't know what I'm talking about. And then that that guy says, "Oh my God, you're right. Let's schedule a meeting." And then I go to his boss, and then his boss, and then eventually gets to Gaben, and he's like, "All right, if we do end up making a new game, I can make sure it looks amazing in VR." And then he says, "Great." And that's like another check towards new game coming out in VR. You know, right. I, I think that's more like what's going to happen or how it, it happens is like you have to kind of fit it within, you know, a initiative that a company's taking. So, you know, initiative of we want to sell more VR or, you know, we want to make a new platform uh, is mm. is then how you classify your work under. Yep. Well, so, what, what, you're descri- what you're describing is what every every company does whether or not they say they do it sure that's, that's exactly the way it works well, it usually have- comes from top down so it'd be like you know right hey we need to do this you do this you figure out this problem which also works but i think in a flat structure they they try to make it more of a you know self-motivated like bubble up approach it just then has to be contextualized by you know profit margin or some other kind of company goal that is yeah. uh, yep. defendable that's right that's exactly right what are you going to say, Lawrence? Oh, nothing. Um, just, just uh, basically reiterate that. Yeah, it's. I guess <laughs> I. Uh, I always have this vision that, like, I. I guess my vision is is uh, arbitrarily simple. Is that there's one person going to one other person, being like Half Life, and then the other person says no, and that's it. Yeah, I, I guess the uh, the vision that there's a lot of momentum and a lot of different ways behind one project that all kind of coalesce into a good beam. Uh, is is a lot more uh, it's a lot more accurate I feel like and probably a lot more hopeful that more half life things will happen. Um, I just man I in a way I guess just to just to focus on the here and now how fantastic is it that like id software and valve software two legendary PC developers within like three days have released seminal works. Uh, it blows my mind. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's uh, I, I, it's just so I, awesome. I don't know that I, I don't know that I can say like, it's funny because it sounds stupid, but I want to say like thank you to the gaming industry and also to the shipping industry and to the people that run the internet, because, what the fuck would we be doing, <laughs> if like I mean like this and it all happened at the best slash worst possible time, because yeah, we've got, you know, every basically every country's in lockdown and all this and and now people that play video games are able to play video games more than ever and they're they're amazing um, yeah yeah Spe- I, I speaking of, of franchises that kind of define pc gaming from like a decade ago the new mountain blade is coming out in a week <laughs> i don't know why you're laughing bruce this is a big deal okay mountain blade warband came out like 2008 i think you know it was like 12 years or something like that 
And this one is like, yeah, early access coming out in about a week. And it's, you know, has nothing to do with Source 2, but it somehow they followed the same kind of, you know, development pattern. And I think they're also like going hard on like modding stuff. Um, I don't know. It, it's my personal, like one of my favorite games. So is the original Mountain Blade pretty playable these days, would you say? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I've been streaming it a bunch. It's like it's got a ton of mods now, I would say streaming it with a mod is pretty great. Like you can basically, uh, you know, there's a Game of Thrones mod, there's like Warhammer mods, Lord of the Rings mods, a Star Wars mod, and you can like play through an entire grand scale campaign in each of these universes that feels really authentic. Um, a little janky, but also authentic. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like janky, janky in the right way. Yeah, it feels, it's like, you know, yeah, it's like classic mod janky where it's still right. fun, but doesn't make it unplayable. Um, what, what an exciting do? time! Yeah, what are we gonna do in like two weeks? When are we gonna be playing? I guess we'll keep playing Animal Crossing. Gonna play Half Life Alex again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to play it on hard. I'm set for a while. I, I played, I it, on, I played play. it on hard. Oh, how was it? It, it is. It is hard, but not impossible. So, mm. but and like you'll have to reload saves and stuff. But um, in in specific fights, the first half of the game isn't like that. But the latter half of the game is relatively difficult. Um, it's not like Doom, <laughs> where like when you up the difficulty on Doom, you're fucked. Yeah, that's it. You're just dead. Um, yeah, but it's it's not it's not that. Oh yeah, Resident Evil Three is coming out. Final, uh, Final Fantasy Seven is coming soon. Yes, that's April, right? Yeah, I think that's oh April. Oh my gosh, you guys! Oh my gosh, there's so much. Uh, Legend of Heroes: Trails of Cold Steel Three. I don't know what that is. Is that mm -hmm. Kraken? Do you know what that is, Kraken? I do not know what that is, Bruce. It's a it's a very long running JRPG series. Oh okay. So there, you go. yeah, no one cares. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but yeah, Resident Evil Three Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, uh. Trials of Mana, Soccer Wars. It's a like I said. It sucks oh. that we're all we're all at home. Uh, th there was one game I want to talk about uh, that's I think coming out tomorrow. Um, I just played it for the first time yesterday, and it's like in the kind of beta access right now, and I think they're wiping it for tomorrow. But yeah. Last Oasis. Oh. Um, oh, right, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen a trailer of this, but I'd recommend you check it out. Uh, I saw it like a year ago and forgot it existed. And then suddenly I got a message yesterday that like, oh, beta's out now and it's going to be going early access in like two days. Um, but it's basically a really original take on like a, you know, survival open world, like multiplayer game. So, you know, think Ark, Rust, like, you know, whatever you want to think of. Yeah. But it's set in like a a universe where oh it's like an earth where it takes a full year for the sun to to like earth has stopped spinning basically. And so therefore the sun it takes a full year for it to rotate all the way around to get to night. So half the earth is in day, therefore a desert and heated and half the day half you know the other side of earth is it's all frozen and night. And so because of that, society has kind of turned into nomads where they build their cities on these giant walkers that are all mechanically driven. And Ooh. so it's like a survival game where you like gather sticks and shit and build like, you know, a, a bike, like a robot bike. And then you get the next one and it's like, now it's a bigger robot bike and you get the next one. And then it becomes a full city that you can like have multiple people working on and living on and like, you know, clawing its way through the wilderness. So I played it a bit yesterday and like, it's a really original take on on a, on a survival multiplayer game, so I might be giving that a shot. Um, it's called yeah. Last Oasis. Yeah, sounds like a game that I would for sure 
enjoy. Definitely There's a lot of Sea of Thieves vibes. I think you'd like it, Bruce. Okay. I'm going to check it out. With you, though, Kraken. Can we play together? With me? Yeah, with well, you. Okay, I'm also maybe a little bit biased because the the, the, the team that developed it uh, made Warband War War mods back in the day. Oh. So, Mountain Blade mods. So it uses the same combat system. So I'm like already really good. <laughs> I didn't die to uh, like random enemies once in uh, when we played it last night. But you end up fighting these like like corrupted monkey people, like apes. It, it's very much Planet of the Apes, but like in a desert. Um, I don't. I don't know if this is. I just saw chat say, "What about Lawrence?" And I was like, "I don't know if this is Lawrence's jam or not." Maybe. Is this? Is, do you like I, Lawrence? Um, some. I'm not a big fan of games that just rely on like grinding your way up through a resource and crafting mm. tree because that's. I get that. That's. I punched so many trees. So many. The. <laughs> I I feel that too. I usually just don't have time to sink into that sort of stuff. I I think this one did a pretty good job of like giving a lot of small rewards to make you feel accomplished. It was like Subnautica-esque in that like, oh, because of this, I can now do this. And that felt better for me. Uh, the problem with it is it does seem like it's very prone to like griefing where, mm. you know, you can easily have like a really strong, you know, walker come out of nowhere and then kill you and take your shit. And then you're like, all right, I guess I got to build another one. Um, <laughs> so I... I think private servers will be awesome for this. I'm a little worried about how they're going to ba balance public servers, but they have like a really cool server system where it takes you water to travel to a different region, as in move servers. So you gather water, you then go out on this big journey, your character switches servers, and then once you're in a new server, you know, different players and different environment stuff. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of really novel ideas that make it more than just a survival game from when I, I saw. Um, but again, we'll see how they work out. We, we definitely saw a couple griefing instances last night when we played it. So sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> it's the internet. <laughs> yeah. Was it it's, fun griefing or was it aggravating griefing? It's well, we ended up traveling with a huge tribe cause we had all our, our online, like our press buddies playing. So, uh, we had like one of our friends get caught out alone. He was killed on site. They stole all of his stuff and then a cavalry rolled in and completely annihilated the people that killed him. So that was fun because there was more of us, but for if you're ever caught out alone, it's going to be shitty. And like, there's really not a lot. It seems like you can do in that situation. So I don't know. I I'm a little worried for, for how they're going to deal with that stuff. Um, it like tonally, it looks great. It feels really cool. Uh, I just think, you know, it's going to take some balancing. It sounds like RuneScape a little bit where like if you were out, chopping wood for hours and then somebody just roll by stab you in the chest take your wood and that was it <laughs> and you're like well i got yeah. to go back and get some more wood <laughs> yeah but i don't know you know that <laughs> I'll, I'll still give it a shot it just it'll depend on how much creeping there is it'll it'll you'll feel really cool 90 percent of the time and then really salty and sad 10 percent of the time is kind of the the vibe that we felt when That's playing it too bad. That sounds like yeah. a good good trade-off good ratio yeah. yeah yeah um well, we reached the end of the podcast. We've done it. We have all the way to the end. We made it. Um, we made it. We invented well, a new cult religion. We, what a productive we day! About, yeah. We talked about cults for the first half an hour. Um, it's a lot to talk about. We still, we still don't really know exactly what the, what, what, what a cult or a religion. What's the difference? <laughs> the world may never know. It all wasn't right. for us to decide. <laughs> yeah, it's for um, me to decide. Thanks again for joining me. I'm sorry I can't see you in person, but we'll kiss uh, after the quarantine is over. Okay. Oh, after. I promise. Yeah.
after yeah or when i see you next when i give you the index i may kiss you then okay uh, Thank when you, i get more the microphone make <laughs> you can kiss the microphone and, and we're all gonna get sick come on guys we gotta think of a better plan <laughs> i i'm out of ideas I've... all over your mouth first and that'll be better um all right uh i i hit the stop record button oh I, i'll do that too and wait and uh what what's wrong oh nothing it's